Backyard Conversations Podcast. Welcome to BYC. Backyard Conversations Podcast. Yes, sir. Make sure you like and subscribe. We are having these meaningful conversations, and today we're going to hit a topic that I think is going to bless your life. Yes, sir. We got Jerry's testimony. Yep. So, my name is Jerry, last name Rosa. I was born in El Salvador uh, in 1995, and I'm now living in Maryland. So, yeah, United States, it's been real. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about my background. So, I grew up in El Salvador, was there um, until I was about 11 years old. At 11, my uh, family decides to come to the United States. I did live without my dad in El Salvador for five years. With your dad? Without him. Without your dad? Yeah, without him. Oh, okay. So at, a, at the six years old, my dad leaves to the United States. Um, there was an earthquake, actually. I don't know if you recall, in 2001 in El Salvador that was massive. Yep. And uh, it kind of like brought down this whole city down. And I was a witness of that earthquake. I still remember like it was yesterday. Man, it was crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the end of the world. Okay. So yeah. first it started shaking. Everything oh started moving. The house started moving. I remember going outside and people just running for the fields because you want to stay away from posts. You want to stay uh-huh. away Anything from buildings. Tall, yeah. yeah. You want to stay right. away from that. Uh, we what, get was that? To, what was that? Like the city? Like, like San Salvador? Yeah. I used to live in Sonsonate. Oh, okay. Uh, San okay. Salvador, I think it's called. I don't know what this um, is, guys. But um, <laughs> we run to the field, dude. And okay. uh, and then the volcano, I guess there was some s- sort of structure in the volcano that collapsed. Uh-huh. And the cloud of smoke just arises up from the volcano. Right. Uh, so I thought it was the end of the world. I thought Jesus <laughs> was coming. And I was like, oh man, I, as a little kid, I literally started asking God for forgiveness. And I was like, if, if this is where you yeah. where we end this is like, the end forgive my sin i want to go to heaven <laughs> and uh right. the the earthquake finally stopped uh but it was it was a dramatic uh and um i i wouldn't say it was an emotional uh uh, uh you know effect on me but it was a dramatic uh, yeah uh, event. I, y'all remember that tremor in here in maryland that oh like yeah, yeah, yeah 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 man that was like barely anything it was like 30 yeah. seconds I, yeah. I was scared to death yeah bro. i was at I, the my, su- my, i was at the my, supermarket yeah, i was in my i was in my bedroom <laughs> yeah my that was started shaking like i was yo, like oh my gosh yeah. i ran downstairs i was standing so in fast. produce i was i was literally standing in produce and then it, it started jerking it was like boom no, so, like, what is going on? I was actually watching a movie. Uh, what's that movie called? 2020? Oh, the one about the end of the world? 2012? I was actually <laughs> watching <laughs> that, and, and uh, my dad had a home theater. So I thought it was the home theater the whole time. And then I saw the the wall shake, and I was like, ah, this is a little familiar. Yeah. Let's step outside. And what? it turns out it was an earthquake. But I, I honestly, I didn't feel it. I just saw the wall shake, so I, I stepped that was, outside. That was the one in Maryland, right? Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah. I mean, that one was, that was sorry, sorry. No, the one in El Salvador, everything. Like, some people could not stand up. That's right. uh, insane. And uh, it felt like it literally looked like the earth was doing this, bro. Uh, it was wild. So we, uh, so my dad um, comes to the United States because, of course, you know everything collapsed. Uh, his job, I think, got affected really bad by the earthquake. Comes to the U.S., uh, leaves us for five years. So I'm without a dad, mm-hmm. and I think one of my crucial stage of growing up. I'm six, so I'm constantly looking for a father figure. So I'm, your dad I'm, left when you were six yeah. to the U.S. 
yeah to so, like what work and to work yeah to provide to for our family i think the the goal was for him to go and then come back and come back uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but so they say. i know a lot of people come <laughs> yeah. here and they'll just stay here but they send money back yeah constantly yeah. I mean that was in my case. So, uh-huh. so, uh, so I did um, live in El Salvador. Not I wouldn't say comfortable, comfortable, but I I wasn't poor, I wasn't rich. It was like mid class. Uh-huh. Like I we did have a house. Um, God provided uh, through many means. Um, did you guys go to church? I did. Yeah. So I did grow up in church. How was that El Salvador church like? Huh? It was wild. <laughs> was so wild. we used to uh, sing remolineando. Oh re- yeah. <laughs> So it was like that, bro. Right, like right, right. Uh, we, uh, I remember at one point we went to a church that all we did is dance, bro. Like it was like you know that 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 time where like it was like revival, Pentecostal. Uh-huh. Oh, so it was, so the, it was more like a like a messianica, Banderos. yeah, messianica. Because most of the churches in El Salvador are known for you know el belo largo, la fela larga, uh, yeah. el saco, <laughs> and then some of them use only guitars or they yeah. only sing coritos. But mm-hmm. then they have that church, those messianicos that listen yeah. to the Marcos Weed and Milsa Marcos and all that. So, so yeah, so it was a lot of dancing, okay. and uh, right, right. I barely remember the messages to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Just the dancing, and um, I grew up in that environment. We bounced from church to church, so oh, okay. we uh, never had a stable church. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know why? I have no idea. Did now I do. But you live with your mom at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, at the time you didn't know, but now you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just how people function, you know. So <laughs> oh, okay. you 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 see that all the time where people can't really root themselves in a uh-huh. church yeah. because they don't like something or they disagree with something, so they leave. Right, um, which mm-hmm. is not the case. Like it shouldn't be the case that you focus on men. You should be focused on God. Root uh-huh. yourself somewhere so that you can grow and serve. Yeah, no um, church is gonna be perfect. So. Exactly. So yeah. you try to find perfection in church, you're gonna end up really yeah, you're never gonna find it. Yeah. Never gonna oh, find yeah. it. So um, we moved from church to church, um, and <laughs> we moved to another church uh, that was near the beach. So it was about like Jeez. forty. Yeah, it was about like forty minutes from my house. Dang. Um, and I remember that. Uh, that's when I, fr- I think I had my first uh, official girlfriend, and I was like super young, dude. <laughs> oh. How old were you? I was young, bro. Like what, like, seven? Yeah, probably like <laughs> seven, seven, eight, probably. Yeah, that's not young a girlfriend. Like, very young lady. <laughs> yeah, so um, I remember we used to uh, we used to not be in the service, and nobody would say anything. We would just like have the clase dominical, the biblical uh, classes, and then get out, and we would just spend time in the pickup. We didn't know what we were doing. We would just hold hands. And just like play. <laughs> yeah, that age is just innocent. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, but that that church culture, dude, um, I did uh hear a lot of um talk about the enemy. A lot of uh witchcraft talk, like um warning people, basically. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, watch out for the people that do witchcraft. Right. Watch out for the enemy. Is that a common thing in El Salvador, witchcraft, or is it more like they it, were just kinda like just being afraid of nothing not nah, depending on where you live it can be common yeah. where people okay. do practice it's not very very common yeah. but like you know you always have that person that you're like uh they don't look right uh-huh. right <laughs> yeah or they're what, doing what, something fishy what, what what was the year like well it does that, that, that you were in El Salvador. so it was uh between 1995 and uh 2005 oh okay okay that um, was that was back in the the evangelist days 
the the days where all the all the now known as generals of the faith were still active so yeah. i feel like a lot of uh a lot of the churches in Central America and all that, they were influenced by these evangelists because they would always bring stories about, oh, I got I confronted a warlock, which, you know, the church is stronger than the witches and, the, and all the witchcraft and all that. Because uh, I saw a video around that time that Hector de la Cruz, you know, may the Lord have him in glory. He was over there and he confronted uh, some witches, something like that, and then it went viral. And then uh, now all the churches were saying, no, now the witches are in the church. So, and then that's, that's where that movement started, where people now started claiming at every single service that there might be witches or warlocks in the church. Don't come it to was, church, bro. It was in that time area, but, <laughs> that's yeah. Weird. Yeah, no, that was pretty wild, dude. Uh, I remember we, uh, we actually, so funny story, uh, somebody trained monkeys to rob people. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that video of that crazy. goose that was, like, stealing from that It's gonna sound store. crazy, but, um... It, during when I was growing up, one of the craziest things that I saw is that the fact that somebody uh, used monkeys, uh, chimpanzees, to rob people at church. No, no, no. Like in general, oh, just in, your, like, oh. in general. So, they, so <laughs> meaning like, so what, why I'm telling you this is because there was a lot of uh, dark things going on around that that time. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure there's still now. So there, there used to be stories of, of people converting into animals. There used to be oh, yeah, stories yeah, 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 yeah. of like Yo, uh, I saw a video of that recently. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there used to be a lot of talk. And that the, the bad thing about that is that it fascinates the religious people, mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, yeah, but it deviates the point of the gospel. Right, right. Uh, from the loss, from right. the one. You know, right. mm -hmm. you need to focus on that one. Yeah. And unfortunately, when I was growing up, I never saw that extension to the one. Um, right. It was more of a maintenance. It was more of a talk about, hey... You know, protect yourself, guard yourself, uh, fear um, God, and then fear the devil. Because right. I, I got to a point where I thought the devil was more powerful because yeah. they were emphasizing it so much that right. I had more fear of the devil than God. Yeah. And I remember, I think one of the recent episodes, you were saying that it was like a fear gospel. They were talking about the devil more than God. Yeah, dude, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. man. Um, so I move here. And uh, the journey to the United States was crazy. So I did get um, in Texas. I did get uh, locked up. Uh, I wouldn't say locked up. I got um, detained. Detained. <laughs> I got put in a cage. Uh, they give me some aluminum foil thing, uh, crappy sandwich. Uh, <laughs> well, like cheese and bread. Yeah, uh, dude, I I don't even know. It was the most horrible sandwich really? I've ever tasted oh, in my. Gosh. How do you ruin sandwich? I don't know, man. That's my thing. That's a good question. It's like bread. I've and, had and a lot of bad sandwiches. Yeah. How, how old were you when this happened? So I was eleven. Okay, was 11. so you're eleven. You're so young. from five to like eleven, you're in El Salvador. And then... So from when when I was born to oh well, to 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 from when you're born to eleven, you're yeah. in El Salvador. At five, your dad leaves. Who is yeah. who is your father figure during that time, if, um, if any? Before think, you hit uh, the U.S. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it was my uncle and my grandpa. Your uncle so, grandpa. Um, okay. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. My grandpa was really harsh, um, okay. which I thank him for it because he did impart me uh, kind of like um, I would say values, values, morals. yeah, and kind of like that drive to 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 not complain about things. Mm -hmm. So uh -huh. if we got in trouble, like let's say me and my uncle and my uncle hurt me or something, and I would start crying, we would both get spanked. <laughs> like it was not like yeah. whose fault is it it's like oh right. something went wrong you both are getting disciplined but uh he also taught me like he would uh catch um like rabbits and chicken and he would like butcher them right in front of me and prepare them in front uh -huh. of me so i would be a witness of all of that 
um which only happened like in occasion it wasn't like an everyday thing it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. from time to time he would do it um but i'm grateful for those years because um he did uh did some time in the military so he was really straightforward oh, okay um very military yeah and he was very um strict yeah so when it came to the gospel did you kind of have to call him sir huh did you have to call him sir no no <laughs> i mean it, he was strict in a good way it was not like uh like stand up straight, right? No, no, <laughs> about no, base. No. <laughs> no, nothing crazy like that. He actually, he actually uh, imparted love into me. Like he would hug okay, me and, and and you know buy me yeah. things and stuff like that. Uh, my grandma too. Um, so I spent a lot of time in with my grandparents when my dad was gone. Um, Do we, you, go sorry, go ahead. No. We decided to come. You know, at when I was eleven, and I had uh, all of that knowledge and i guess all of that experience from my grandparents uh which was good okay do you think uh, that was uh i want to i guess i was i don't know how to word it but do you, do you think that was sufficient that do you think they were sufficient to cover the spot that your dad left empty in that moment there's nothing like that uh-huh. there's nothing like that so there's nothing like having a father you know <laughs> and yeah. actually living with a father figure in your house um yeah no i mean I am grateful for what they did, but it, it doesn't compare to having an actual dad. And I think that's mm. what people don't understand. The father figure in the family is so important nowadays. Yep. Now that I have two kids of my own, it's like, man, what a privilege it is to have a dad. Yeah. Um, because nowadays it's like, unfortunately yeah, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's a like big issue. families are broken and i think it's crazy because mm-hmm. it's not just like a oh uh, girls have daddy issues or guy or, or like you know it's not a one gender thing it's like everybody that every kid that i've seen that doesn't have a dad in life male female doesn't matter what race man it, it causes issues yeah it's crazy how it important does. it is right. i was actually talking to a friend that's in the military and he was telling me how much issues they have because a lot of people have daddy issues in the military in the military yeah. Yeah, either, you know, they're being raised by a mother and props to the moms because it's hard and props to the single dads. I'm not taking any credit from you, but the importance of family, of having a mom and dad in the household is so crucial that it builds up your your confidence. It builds up who you are as a person. You see that example. So in the long run, it pays off. Right. Um, Where my friend was telling me, man, like we're having so much mental illnesses or like emotional damage because uh, yeah yeah i mean it is because yeah. i do this because uh, now everybody wants yeah, to use everything is uh, yeah everybody wants to use disease. that excuse yeah oh i have mental issues yeah for for things that are just no it's just you made a dumb decision so, so yeah just being dumb. so yeah it's important to have mom and dad in the house so i come to the united states um and this is where my journey starts in um in the school system in, in the United States, I spoke one word of English and it was high. <laughs> Literally. Just Humble beginnings. High. Humble beginnings. <laughs> I went to an elementary school called Feltzluck. I think you went to that <laughs> same uh, elementary school. <laughs> I did. Um, I thank God I had a very um, determined ESOL teacher. Uh, she was very dedicated, very determined to teach me. So your teacher was invested in you? She was. And That's good. um That's good. Yeah, she uh she actually taught me a lot. She was patient with me. And one thing that they did is that they put me in classes where there were no Hispanic people. I think um they did arrange me with some Hispanic people. 
um, at which they helped me out a lot too because they would translate for me. It was these two twins. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually helped me out a lot. And they put me in some classes with them, which helped develop my English. English, But um, yeah, I, I, I had to learn English from scratch. Um, I would get lost. I would be that type of person where you would talk to them and I'd be like, <laughs> yes uh, yes yes <laughs> so, so i didn't i didn't really understand um but um i had a best friend and um uh he's he, surprisingly um my best friend was not hispanic oh, okay. so nice. i ended up growing up and like my close friends in childhood were not hispanic mm-hmm. and um and that that helped me out a lot and that's why some people i think that some people don't end up learning english because i've met people that have spent the same amount of years that i have in the united states and they don't and that nothing. came in the same time that i came at the same age and they they their english is uh-huh. not as great I, yeah actually i think that's pretty i think that's pretty significant because yeah. like for me I, I was i came here really young and i but most of my friends like you they were not hispanic Whereas if you see like older people, they come over here, they never really integrate into the American culture yeah. ever. They, they, they just kind of stay in their own little groups. bubbles. Yeah, their own little bubbles. And they, yeah. they, almost most of the time, they don't ever learn English. Yeah. So a I, lot of times, I, when I crazy. went to high school, I encountered a lot of that because I, I mm-hmm. moved around a lot. So um, go to high school. I'm like, what, when did you come here? Oh, you did? Like, dude, like we came at the same time. But I'm like... Well, you're still in Esau? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah. oh, oh, okay. It's very common. Uh, I've but seen it a lot. Yeah. You know why? People want to be comfortable. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So they yeah, because it's uncomfortable to be around a bunch of people you can't even... Don't understand. You don't understand. Yeah. And you, it's embarrassing, too, because yeah. like, you're in a country and the main language is english and then yeah. you don't speak any of it yeah, I, mean, I can't i can't i can't really relate to you yeah guys i can't because i wasn't oh the, but I, yeah you i was lived. born here i was born in new york so uh, new york yeah i was I, yuck right i knew english before even going to school but yeah but yeah. i did see a lot of people that had come from the motherland like i remember i saw a guy that came from spain and he didn't know no english and uh he would just come up to me and be like my name he'd be like hermano cuánto valen las papas aquí <laughs> and then uh, I, I would explain to him how the system works how uh, how you get lunch, you know, where how, how when do you go to class, how to look at your schedule, all that. But there was those people that would look at him speak Spanish and I knew they speak they spoke Spanish too and they would leave him. They wouldn't say nothing. They wouldn't help him out. They wouldn't say hello, you know. Mm. So that I found that messed up cuz I was like, man, if I was if I was in his shoes, I, I would like somebody to help me out too. But yeah. that happens soon. Hispanic yeah, I mean, I, yeah. culture is crazy. Yeah, right? it is. I don't know. Plus I'm more with you than him, right? Because I was born in PR, but I wasn't raised there. Like to the extent that he was, he came out. You came in ele- uh, eleven, 11 years old. Yeah. yeah, I came in like one and a half. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, okay. so I was raised right, here. Right, like, right. I, I, I basically grew up speaking English too, yeah. but I just didn't grow up around Hispanics. Right? Did you grow up in New York or here? No, I grew up here. Oh, okay. I, I, but you came, grew up I came like in... three months from New York. From New York. Yep. Oh, dang. So, yeah, so you, so. but you, did you guys move right over where, like, in that to Silver Spring? Yeah. To Silver yeah, Spring. Oh, wow. But was, there, in that area, there's more Hispanics, right? Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah. So in the Langley Park area, there's. A lot, a lot of Hispanic. Hispanic. Yeah, yeah, opposed yeah. to me and Jerry, I, there's not a lot of Hispanics in right. Yeah, Columbia. when when I was growing up, there wasn't. No, there's now there really. is. Now there is. There's certain areas where yeah, there's a lot. Now yeah. there is. Um, but you know, those people they they isolate them though to be comfortable. So isolation uh, sometimes is due to comfortability, and just because you want to be comfortable, you're gonna end up losing a good opportunity 
in this no. case, mm-hmm. it was learning a new language. And I'm not going to lie. I did get embarrassed. I'd, sometimes I would, uh, to this day, sometimes I have an accent. Sometimes I say things uh, funny. Uh, sometimes I don't know how to pronounce some things mm-hmm. still. It's like it, I'm still learning. Um, so, But it was interesting to see the fact that um, those people uh, didn't have... I guess the ability to understand that being uncomfortable can bring growth, even in the language aspect of, of yeah. life. Mm-hmm. No, um, of course you can. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's hard to get people out of that mindset. They just want to be in their comfortable shell. Bubble. Yeah. Bubble. Yep. So, so you want to grow? Get uncomfortable. Want to grow? Get uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So uh, this ESOL teacher, she invested a lot in me. I uh, started growing up. Uh, that was elementary school, actually. So went to middle school, Bonnie Branch. Uh, so yeah, so Bonnie Branch was too. fun. Uh, then I had to move. So uh-huh. this is where my cycle of moving starts. So my dad did have a job that was constantly moving, uh-huh. and I never had a stable location as a home. Uh-huh. So I started moving. So I went from Bonnie Branch to Lansdowne Middle School back to Howard County and it was like like that back and forth um so Lansdowne was kind of funny because it's a whole different environment from Bonnie Branch Bonnie Branch is like everybody's happy everybody's nice uh the teachers are invested in you uh everybody I, I don't know like I had good teachers in Bonnie Branch like they care mm-hmm. whereas when I went to Lansdowne I'm not trying to throw shades at them but it was like a whole different environment where these teachers were annoyed from the jump and they didn't really care mm-hmm. bullying was happening and all of that uh, all around the place i actually got suspended in lansdowne in lansdowne yeah because i got into a fight which i was fight? just yeah i was protecting myself so the dude uh, punched me and i i i try to fight back uh-huh and, self-defense uh, yeah no, i know i know, I know he that. beat me i'm not gonna lie i'm not i know gonna that answer. i know that feeling yo i went to uh i went to like a good elementary school my first elementary school was a good elementary school like like you walk in there and it was just a happy vibe happy mood everybody was welcoming everybody was friends and then i went to another school where in that school it's like as soon as i walked in the first thing that somebody told me is wow you're short (laughs) (laughs) what and i heard for the first time in my life i heard curse words i heard people talking about explicit stuff and i'm out here like what what is going on here like i went outside a place recess and somebody called me the b word <laughs> i was just oh, so wow. confused on why things were going on like it was such a crazy shift so yeah i know what that feels like yeah so i fell out of, out of place uh-huh. from the jump i fell out of place uh and then i did lean back a little bit more to the hispanic um uh community i would uh-huh. say Group. uh but only because of the situation that was happening and then i eventually ended up making all kinds of friends in there uh which didn't last long because I, I ended up moving my mom got scared she was like no we're not doing this um because well, you got in that fight yeah oh, okay um and we ended up moving again uh so we move again um now we are in high school we go to um howard high school for a short period of time like when I mean a short period of time, it was a short period of time. Then my dad gets a new project again. Our lease is over. We move again to Baltimore. To Baltimore. Then, yeah. <laughs> then I end up in Woodland High School. Woodland. So again, a whole drastic change. Yeah. Woodland. In yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. Dang. So, 
Um, so from wait. Howard. Howard. High school, which is like Howard? you went to Howard first. Yeah, yeah, I went uh, to Howard first, and then you switched over. So, to, yeah, then oh, I. Man. It's a whole different yeah. shift, bro. Like I'm uh-huh. talking, like it was a 360, bro. Like I went from like the water fountains working nice, having a bathroom. <laughs> there's no shenanigans. <laughs> there's no fights. There's nothing, literally nothing, to going back and just seeing like some wild stuff, like uh-huh. fights every single day for the Montgomery County babies. It's like going to Sherwood and then going to Springbrook. <laughs> you know? And if you're for PG, it's like, I don't know, going going from Blade or Roosevelt and then going to, uh, uh, what's that? What's that? What's that one high school? Parkdale. Parkdale High. It's a, yeah, it's a very notorious difference. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, it wasn't horrible. Um, what did your dad do that he had to so miss so much? He used to remodel hotels. Remodel hotels. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so they, his company used to remodel hotels. So hotels in D.C., Baltimore, and um, um, so he would have to stay for a long period of time mm-hmm. at those. Uh, sites? Sometimes he would travel um, out to, of state. Or out, of, out of state. Okay. Yeah, he would. Um, okay. So he was constantly moving. But the thing is that I never had a stable location as a home. Yeah. Because one, it they made it extremely hard for us to get a house. Uh-huh. Uh, because of the financial situations that we were in, so we never, we n- I never had a stable home. Like it was feel? always like it felt horrible, dude. Yeah. Living in somebody's house, a basement, it crippled me. A whole family? Yeah. Dang. Oh, that was it, me yeah. my whole life. But I mean, you were with just particular people, right? Just random people. Right. It, it, sometimes with family, uh, which, uh, if I recall correctly, it, none of the family that i stay with kind of didn't end up well in, in the long run oh okay um yeah things ended up broken things right. fights here and there. yeah because I, I grew up in a i grew up in a basement all my life like after my after my parents split and then i just you know live with my dad we were in a basement but it was always with the same uncle okay so for the first house same uncle and then we moved to another house and it was the same uncle and that, that's just where i grew up okay yeah, yeah. that's interesting because sometimes I, I would try to look for like a basement but they wouldn't rent it to a family they wanted just one person yeah but you guys yeah. it was like a whole family yeah it was a whole it was a whole family but you were with your families yeah your uncle, but so that, that makes... but those basements were they were practically a house uh-huh it, yeah a lot of people remodel their basement yeah it to was be like, like two rooms a kitchen and a bathroom yeah. and all that so i didn't have it like that oh no for me it was just like one room a straight <laughs> <laughs> it was a straight no, basement. on the couch a room couch. and a room and a bathroom dude we used to cramp up so there was a, a a bed and then a bump bed and uh the tv right there so that was our living room dining room our bedroom it was everything Damn. so uh and then we had a bathroom uh um, no privacy no uh yeah no privacy i mean you wanted to cook i felt always felt weird going to the fridge and grabbing something like why because I didn't know if it was somebody's gonna say something. I don't know if I was eating somebody else's food. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it, it was no, like that, bro. It was like that. <laughs> like crazy. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't know whether um, or not. I mean, the family that I that, that we stayed with, I'm grateful for the time that they'd allow us to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was a huge help. Um, but yeah, like that marked me not being able to live um, in a stable home. Right, mm-hmm. and I give props to my parents because they did their best they could. No, it sounds like they pushed. Yeah. I'm telling you, when they when I tell you they pushed, they pushed. Uh, they push hard. They work hard. Hardworking people all the time. I remember I wouldn't even see my dad sometimes. He would work from so early and so late just to you know try to get us out of that. 
Right. We finally get out of it and we start renting apartments. So once we get into apartments, it's like the one year lease is over and now we have to move again or we renew the lease. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was never stable because it got to a point where we decided to move out because the yeah, rent the was rent increasing too much. So mm-hmm. at this point, you're moving around. You don't have a home. You I go went to from, four high schools. <laughs> you go to a lot of high schools. Yeah. You have uh, sort of like a... Ex- this big exposure to like reckless you know <laughs> bad high yeah. schools yeah bad environments and all that so. it, yeah and um woodland i think woodland marked a time frame of my life where i kind of l- got a, a taste of i guess um the influence that the environment has on you or like the the people yeah. you surround yourself with um i started hanging out with with some people and um it went it went good i mean i built a relationship with them um actually uh one of the persons that i connected with i became really close to um and then his family ended up being a blessing to my to to me in mm-hmm. in a time where you know my dad was constantly traveling constantly moving around mm-hmm. um i would spend a lot of time in their house um so it was a blessing cuz um you know they 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 took me into the house like I was their own son. Um, they provided me food. They, I'll sleep there, literally sleep there, Dang. sleep there for a whole summer. A whole what? Yeah, yeah. I, I would sleep there. Like, dude. you wouldn't go home. Yeah, I wouldn't for go the home. whole summer. Yeah, I wouldn't go home. Jeez. Yo, so. what? <laughs> <laughs> your mom wasn't yeah. worried about you. She, she would call me, dude. But the thing is that you know when you have family issues and when you're going through uh, like hardship. It, you know, you do your best, you know, and I was I was in high school by then. I was not a little baby. Of mm. course, I would see her like Sunday or Saturday. I would go home. Um, and p- part of it, too, had to do with the fact that I needed to finish soccer at Woodland uh, this one time. I needed I wanted to finish the season. So I stayed over at, at a friend's house to finish the season of soccer. I didn't even care about school. I cared more about soccer. <laughs> oh, word. Okay. <laughs> love with the sport you you see where my mind was yeah yeah not in not in school right so when i moved to how from howard to woodland my mindset changed i didn't care about school Mm -hmm. um and then being an immigrant um not having the opportunities that everybody has in this country i gave up on school on school on your grades you know everything Uh i said just soccer this is not worth it Uh i'm gonna get a diploma i'm gonna get out of here they're going to deny me jobs. They're right. going to deny me college. Mm-hmm. They're going to deny me everything. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I wasn't born here. So I instantly gave up. That kind of pl- placed a toll on me because now what, what do I have? Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that mentality was like around you? Do you think you adopted it from something? Or nah. just you looked around and that's what you saw? I looked around and that's what I saw. Yeah, uh-huh. You just saw reality. Because that is, I mean, in that time, it was reality. At least now there's opportunities, there's other ways that people can manage and uh, the country provides opportunities for people to go out there and do something. Uh, I mean, as far as I know, I know some folks that they're still not citizens, but uh, they graduated high school. They, you know, they're in college, you know, they got good jobs. Um, But those times were a lot different. Those times. Yeah. I mean, I I would say there is more awareness today than there is, but I don't think the law has changed as much as in the past. Um. Because I've lived through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, that was hard. Then. I'm not going to lie. That was one of the toughest things that I mentally had to endure. The fact that uh, I gave up. I still pass 
high school with like a horrible GPA. Well, what was the GPA? I mean, I like like, like two, two point, point something. Two yeah. point something. Yeah. Oh. Like, like, straight, straight yeah. I graduated with a point eighty four. What? <laughs> You're joking. No. Okay, so I did better. You can than graduate you. with a point eighty four? <laughs> How? So. That's not even D average. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, I'll, I'll explain it later in another so. episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to uh, I get to That's high crazy. school. So being an immigrant in high school and trying to look for opportunities hard. It's it's hard, but you know what bothered me the most is I didn't I didn't really open up to anybody, mm. and I didn't have anybody to actually like influence me to try better. So I kind of just gave up and said, screw this. I'm not going to do this. So your family, your friends, they didn't really push you to... Right. No, no. Mm. Uh, my friends were sending more in soccer, <laughs> weed, um, selling weed. Uh, Who were most of your friends? Salvadorian? I had mixed. Mix? Yeah, mixed. Uh, some Central America um, friends. Um, I had a black friend in, in, like, in school. I wouldn't hang out with them after school because, yeah. I, I honestly, I rarely hang out with people after school. It was not until I was out of high school that I started hanging out with people. Um, but, yeah, like, it was it was a mix. It was a mix. Mainly Hispanic because the majority of people there were a mix of mostly Hispanic and, and black and mm -hmm. some Asian and Indian. Do, do you know if in Woodlawn there were kids there that were motivated? Or were most of them do, just kind of yeah. like... Nah, yeah, there, there were smart people. And they're smart mm -hmm. people. Yeah, the people that graduated... Um, there was, uh, I saw a lot, of, a lot of smart people, smart kids. Um, there was a lot of shenanigans going around for sure. Uh, people on fight, people getting stabbed. Um, stabbed? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I remember yeah. this one time somebody got stabbed. Well, uh, people taking pills. We'll cover that word. I went to a high school where people would walk up to you <laughs> and uh, and say, do I look high? And you would look at them and oh, yeah, say, I, like, I remember that question. why would you even ask me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious. Like, you smell like it. <laughs> He looked like it. Right. Like, come on, bro. Oh my god. Um, so I I went into that um, that stage. At this point, I was craving for something, but was didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Church. So what you felt like a hole, like you were missing something. I was going through life. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I was missing something until I got into senior year of high school, where everybody was making plans. Um, to go to college yeah. and i was like <laughs> what like, the heck am i doing yeah. with my life okay so now you're just kind of craving something like you're right yeah seeking so something during that time um church was there but not there i i went to church occasionally my mom would go and my parents would go to church then they would drop it off fall off completely my dad would try his best to like give us biblical lessons and stuff like that um, the actual household in general, like my household was pretty biblical found. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was like the, the, the I, morals, biblical like, yeah, like foundation. the morals. Yeah. Like we had a, you know, a very strict, uh, you know, um, I guess, uh, foundations and, and morals that we had to follow. Like, I remember we used to, I used to have to clean up before my dad came to work, um, and make sure like. That was my like that was my thing like I need I need to you know clean up. I started working at the age of thirteen. I think uh, I was thirteen. 13. Yep. Dang. 13. Thirteen. Work at thirteen. Where? Uh, landscaping, dude. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you uh, work at thirteen. I yeah. thought it was fourteen. Nah, you couldn't. Uh, Honestly, you couldn't. Under the radar. I think it was fifteen. Under the radar. Under the radar. But uh, Did this you guy. Get paid? Yeah, I got paid uh, eighty dollars a day. For me, that was huge back oh, yeah, in high yeah. school. When you're yeah, <laughs> when yeah. you're that age, yeah. So um, 
started working in landscaping. My first job was McDonald's, actually. Then uh, landscaping. Um, so I started working in landscaping. Um, and uh, we, uh, we, I used to get paid $80. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was pretty fun. I used to I, first I started with like blowing like with bro, the blower. Seeing them, man. They just chill, man. They yeah, just dude, do we used to do chill. like seven houses a day, bro. I would end up exhausted and Damn. then still go play soccer, bro. Was this during the school year? This was summer and okay, some summer. some in the weekends during school years. Okay. Um. So, my dad was out during that time. Um. Used to travel a lot, so that's when I kind of like started uh, gaining more relationship with other people. Um, and yeah, I, th I think that was a turning point for me because that's when I started trying weed and trying alcohol and trying, um, all these new, these Do you think it's cause things. you had the money now to, to try those things? I never bought it. You never bought it? Oh, I never okay, so bought it. So it was just around the, the I people never you were spent, around? Yeah, but because of my morals too, like <laughs> I never bought it. Like I, I, like I would tell myself like, I'm, I'm never buying this. Where um, they'd be like, Jerry, match. You'd be like, nah, you buy <laughs> no, so I was the one kid that they would try to try to entice to smoke. Like yeah. it would be like, "Yo, come on, come on, come on, like let's do it." Um, I think maybe I put in once, but I don't remember. From me going out of my way to buy it, never. Um, the first time I did do it, unfortunately, it was with um, regular uh, paper, notebook paper. Oh, it man. itched my throat like I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, he said, "Yeah, I know what that's. I know what that's like." Yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, then it got progressive, and then I occasionally like did it with uh, friends. Uh, most of my friends smoke weed. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, so yeah, uh, you hang around those people eventually you're gonna you're gonna get attached when was yeah. that like high school high school, okay. high school. yeah yeah junior senior year sophomore year um was so, it a was it a habit type thing was it social mostly social okay okay social um alcohol was more hmm. i think i was more attached to alcohol than weed um what, what do you think that you picked up from them that was more of a habit um I think I think the alcohol and the mix of both. It was both mm -hmm. alcohol and weed, uh, but it was more of the environment. It was like a friendly environment. Let's chill. Let's right. kick it back. Let's relax. Let's enjoy this and watch a movie, right? Or watch this or play zombies. Uh, zombies. Yeah, I used to <laughs> stay up to like four a.m. playing zombies. So then my morals start degrading. Mm -hmm. I go to a church. <clears throat> I don't care about church at this point. Don't talk to me about God. I could care less because I've never saw a backup from the church. Even as I was growing up, the church that I went to, I don't remember one single person approaching me and saying, hey, are you okay? Or how are you? Or how do you feel? What do you, what do you, what do you know about God? None. I mean, mm -hmm. there was the, the biblical lesson and that's it. Like before the service, after mm -hmm. the service, go to a biblical lesson. Then something drastic happens. It's going to be funny. Um, so we used to live in basements, right? Mm -hmm. All in basements. Um, we're all sleeping. My little brother gets up screaming out of nowhere at like 2 a.m. Like yelling his lung out. Like I'm talking about like somebody was stabbing him or, or, or punching him. He screams. 
Then I get up screaming. Then my other brother gets up screaming. Then my mom gets up screaming. <laughs> then my dad is screaming. Then everybody is screaming in the basement. Okay. Everybody. And of course, my mom. Uh, my mom says she saw something. Uh, some sort of figure pull, with uh, horse legs. Yeah, she started praying actually. <laughs> yeah. My brother said he saw a creature looking like a bat, wing, something like that approaching him in the dream. That's why he started screaming. Mm. I started screaming and I, I felt like I was being paralyzed. Like I couldn't move, but I think it was just shocked of what was uh-huh. happening. But you didn't see anything? I didn't see anything. Dude. Uh-huh. But I got scared. <laughs> yeah, no. For, yeah, I got that, that, that's weird because everybody else started screaming. You're like, what is so wrong? So guess what happened that weekend? We all went to church. (laughs) (laughs) We need Jesus. Yeah, we need Jesus in this house. Uh, So we go to church. I get baptized. I take the baptism classes with this pastor that actually care. But then he ends up moving to El Salvador. Uh, So um, I lose connection with him. Uh, He used to come to my house, give me foundational classes. I get baptized by him, which was uh, a very uh, uh, beautiful experience. I feel like a weight is lifted off my shoulder. The eight-week class? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. A little, little notebook, bro. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, yep. I used to write that joint now. Yep. Uh, so I started taking the church somewhat serious. Um, I go to this church, man. They separated the boys from the girls. I didn't care because I was trying to see God, but out of fear, not out of love. All right. You're trying to see God out of fear? Yeah. Because of that, like, your Because of that experience. <laughs> so I start going to church and... Um, at one point, I get to a point where everybody's crying in the church. And I ask myself, are these people crying because they can't feel God or because they're feeling God? Because I did everything and I couldn't feel a single thing. Mm-hmm. And I know faith is about believing and not feeling. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, now that I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and God, I I, I feel I sense him. Yep. I talk to to God. I you know I have conversations with God. I, you know I um, I feel His presence yep. in my room. Uh, sometimes when I spend time so here, uh, I've been sleeping and the Spirit wakes me up, and I'm like, seriously. <laughs> uh, yep. Or I'm at the gym and the, the the Holy Spirit's like telling me to do something, and I go and I approach the person, and it turns out it, everything that was the Holy Spirit was telling me was true. But um, I never felt anything in that church. Mm-hmm. So, I got to a point where I started getting frustrated because yeah. um, I'm dressing up, I'm putting up a tie, I'm I'm wearing the baggy uh, shirts, dress pants, dress pants. Yeah, them dress pants, bro. They're you know the you know those uh, you get a gust of wind to go. <laughs> yeah, you know those shoes, the square shoes. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nah. I used to have the yep. square shoes, so I dropped my Jordans, put on those. I used to go in a tie. The youth leader tells me that I need to sing. And that's when I lost it. Because I'm like, you can make me do everything, but don't make me sing because I don't want to get embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But he was like, no, you need to do it for the Lord because it's for the Lord that you're doing it. And I'm like, man. Do they not have singers? I do not. Bro, everybody used to sing. Why? Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's it was, the church it just custom. Was a, it just was a thing that mm-hmm. singing wasn't a, it wasn't a choice. It was like a privilege. Yeah. And they used to sing out of out of the book, and they would forget the lyrics, uh, and like they would they would go out of tune like really mm-hmm. bad. I got to a point where I had to bite my lips not to laugh at people. Yo, I've been like that, bro. Like one time I was this church, man. I don't know if they were just didn't have people to sing, but man, those those ladies were so bad. 
He was like, no I was looking at my, and I was like, bro, I was like ten at this time. I, I just couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, so so bad. That's so, so weird though. But what? I, I mean, I think I, I, I mean, I didn't really go to churches like that growing up. But I did go to churches where like it was common for somebody to part- have a participation, and they would sing even though they weren't like in singer. the worship ministry or any sort uh-huh. of singer. But they had a they were voice. just like, hey, I wanna, I wanna sing this song. It's a very nice song. And the pastor was like, uh, sure. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not that I was there, but, um, but it's like I don't know. Like, it that's was, not something everybody needs to so, do. So the whole concept about it <laughs> not is everybody's that, a singer. Yeah, but the whole concept about it is that you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. It yeah. is for the Lord. Right. Yeah, but you can do that anywhere. That was that was what they would say. Is like, "Es para el Señor." If you got something to say, just know that it's not for you. Es para el Señor. That was yeah. That was the only thing you heard in defense of that. Yep. If it's for the Lord and do it it's to the best of your ability. That's all. Right, but I didn't know talent. how to sing. No, yeah, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying them. Yeah, so like, so that's what? what I told him. I, I'm like, I don't know how to sing. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm not about to stand in front of other people mm-hmm. and and um and and sing. So uh, he told me, um, no, you need to sing. I'm demanding you to sing, and uh, if you don't sing, there's gonna be consequences. I looked at him and I said. If you tell me one more time that I need to sing on a Sunday, I'm never coming back to this church. And guess what happened? He, he told, told me, me I never went back. Literally <laughs> never went back. And actually, I made a promise that I would never go back to a church and that it was all bogus. It was a lie. It was, mm-hmm. God, it's not real. I tried you. I I, I tried to seek you. Nothing happened. I, seek, I went to your people. Nothing happened. You are not real. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to figure life in my own way. And I used to have this saying, I'm like, I'm either going to make it or make it. I'm going to make it doing something <laughs> under the low or I'm going to make it by working my butt off. Uh-huh. Right. But I'm going to make it. So, so do, do you, uh, was that because you, you think they were trying to, to push you to seek God in the wrong ways? Like they you were, had to dress up to. Right. Yeah. They were more. Like, oh, I'm not going to feel God if I don't wear a tie. Right. So okay. they were more concerned about the image. And that's what you kind of like adopted. Like you thought that that made you think, oh, if I want to feel God's presence, I need to dress up. Or I, I never felt like that to be honest. I was just following the rules. So you just following the rules, which they established very clear from the jump. Like you had to, in order for you to go to the church, they they would tell you the rules. Right. And they would like sit you down and tell you, hey, uh-huh. you need to do this. You need to do it. You act like this way. The church really didn't do a good job of like explaining things of why things are wrong, like why drugs are wrong, why alcohol. We I don't remember one sermon or one lesson that talked about drugs, abortion, uh, suicide, pornography. Not one. How many did you hear about tattoos and earrings and clothing? I used to hear shame for it, like, do not do this. But they wouldn't explain the reason why. Mm-hmm. Like, they would be like, oh, don't do this. But they, but why? Uh-huh. Right. They would never tell you why. Right. We, as a church, need to do better. And mm-hmm. now it's happening. Now it's happening. Now it's happening where the culture is, is getting so messed up. The culture is getting so, uh, uh, you know, pushed with the agenda now it is happening where like there is an awareness of this. There's people speaking out, which is good. But still, I see, I, I see that the church has not waken up to this. Right. You need to speak about these things right. because there's people that don't know what they're doing. Right. You got people at church probably struggling with certain things or going through certain things or about to make certain decisions or meditating on the idea of yep. doing it, even yep. though mm-hmm. they are going to church. Right. In my case, I wasn't going to church mm-hmm. during that time. But at the same time, I never heard anything about it. Right. Never. Not once. Yeah. yeah that community is important. Like, like the church should get involved in 
not like physically in people's lives, but like you, they should right. develop those relationships as a community so that you can reach out to those people. Like maybe that person's struggling. When you have that community, maybe they'll feel comfortable to go to the youth pastor or with someone older, their pastor or whatever. Right. But when you have that sort of situation where there's no community, there's no relationships, it's all just mm-hmm. like preglamento and all that stuff. Yep. Like there's no, you don't feel comfortable talking to people, you reaching don't. out, no. you know, and then especially when you don't have leaders that will reach out to those people too, yep. your congregation. Yeah. Cause you, you know? would see, you would see that when somebody did come up front, they would put them on blast. Yeah, no, nah, nobody wants to do that, man. <laughs> Literally put them on blast. Nobody's... They will call you up and say, hey, this brother has committed a sin. <laughs> oh, man. Shame you. Like, publicly. And it's going to be, yeah, and it's going to be, uh, he's going to be in discipline for this amount of time. What the heck, man? If you have any questions, come, feel free to, to talk to me. And, uh, so it was see, like that, bro. See, I, was... I didn't know they would talk about the sin. I, I went through the moment where they would say, all right, brother Kevin, he's gonna he's gonna be sitting down for I don't know six months, and uh, he's just gonna find himself with the Lord. That's as much as they said about even, me one time. But even doing that, they used to do that often too. But even doing that raises up the question. Yeah, yeah, people are like, oh, what do you do? Yeah, it's still embarrassing. Yeah, right, right. Still like shameful. Uh Yeah, like it's it's just unnecessary. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Such to that degree, man. Yeah. So, um, so So, no, I didn't have anybody uh um, to talk to. I didn't have any support. Um. I was coming out of my my life where you know my dad wasn't very present and it's not his fault to be honest mm-hmm. it is the fact that he was trying to provide he was trying to make a better living from for us you know um find comfort in alcohol friendships drugs alcohol friendship drugs i start developing certain friendships more and more and i'm feeling more comfortable feeling more like family because i never had that stability uh-huh. you know. how old were you when this when this happened um, I was in high school, man. To be honest, it's not it's not something that I, you know, constantly like recall. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I was, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I was um, a senior. Okay, I had to be a senior. So like, so like 17, 18, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, man. So I decide to move on. I keep, I forget about church, like forget religion, forget it. I'm not, I'm not with it. I'm not gonna seek it anymore uh-huh. i get into this habit of you know seeking happiness from other people and approval from other people so a lot of you know attachment from people and i would be a very emotional person to be honest so i get to a point where i'm not looking for a girlfriend anymore i'm not looking for anybody and um out, life outside of high school was more of a party life we used to party we used to um uh, I went clubbing twice, but it was not really my thing because I was always paranoid, to be honest. Yeah. I was the type of guy that felt more comfortable <clears throat> in a house party than clubbing. Um, yeah. So I was messed up, dude. I was uh-huh. jacked up. Do you think you were doing all that stuff to maybe numb any pain you were? You of had? course, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Most definitely. Like, yeah, the alcohol and any, everything. Any yeah. substance. Uh-huh. Everything was to numb the pain and the reality that I was living to. Yeah, and the fact that high school, after high school, it hit hard. Uh-huh. So high school doesn't really prepare you for life. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah it's true. Nah, it doesn't really. I'm not gonna lie. And it's like I think it's a pretty big jump. Just yeah. Just, and you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for. Really. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm grateful for my dad because um, the very first thing that I got out of high school as a present was a, a, a job application. Damn. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, you know, all of my friends, yeah, all of realistic. my friends getting cars, all of my friends uh-huh. getting uh, uh, purses like the girls. Oh no. Um, but um. 
I go to Woodland, then I moved to Reservoir, then I moved to Oakland Mills. So I end up in Oakland Mills, um, which was a phenomenal um, school. That is when I started building healthy relationships in Oakland Mills. Mm. And I started seeing support from teachers. Right. And I started seeing support from, from people. So Oakland Mills and Howard, and, and Howard County. Um, so that kind of like gave me a little bit of light, I would say, to, mm-hmm. you know, going, moving forward. Uh, and then I had soccer that I was so invested in because, again, I was trying to distract myself from the reality mm-hmm. that I was living in. But it hit hard, um, the reality that I wasn't able to go to college. I, I, I did. I, I went to community college. Um, but then when you try to go and advance, they hit you with the out-of-state, uh, out-of-state um, tuition. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different game there. But there was ways around it. I did not equip myself. I did not seek any help. I did not do my research. So I end up, you know, just feeling frustrated with my life because I'm here without opportunities. I'm here um, broken, empty, trying to hide what really is going on in the background, trying to cope, trying to seek other families. Um, And I start getting into a dark uh, stage of my life where I don't care. Right. Mm-hmm. About I, anything? Anything. About life at all? Yeah, like I like numb. Uh-huh. The only thing that would satisfy me was being around like a girl or like my friends and drinking alcohol and smoking sometimes. Would it be because it would make you forget or just like Yeah, it would they'll give me take that your high. Mind off of it or something? Yeah, it will give me that high and then yeah, I will come back and hit reality, go back to work <laughs> and I would be like this is yeah, this is this right. is not worth it. Um, so I end up meeting my wife, um, during that process. Um, so we're moving kind of fast. I end up moving, I end up meeting my wife and, uh, or who was going to be your wife. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's going to be my wife. Um, his now wife, my beautiful wife. Yeah. And, um, man, she, she was a blessing in disguise. So I was at a stage where I'm not looking for a relationship. We start going to the gym with my wife because I was trying to bulk up. Uh, I was trying to get big, um, and that was my escape. Actually, going, right, to, the going to the gym. And I would it run. was just it was you and, and your wife. My to wife. Be, that's it. That was it. Yeah, my girlfriend and some friends. We used to go with friends. Okay. Oh, so you had a girlfriend that wasn't your wife? No, that was or my that, wife. Okay, so that was my wife. Yeah, her. that was my what wife. With her and and we friends. we had a little circle. Okay. Uh, we had a little circle. We hung around with. Um, we start going to the gym. I started noticing this girl, and I'm like, oh, which is not my wife. I'm like, yeah, she she looks really good, man. <laughs> and I start catching feelings for her. Uh, and the whole kickoff was messy and whatnot. But I'm grateful. I'm really grateful for everything that happened because I think in the midst of it, God was calling me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for everybody that's out there that you've committed sin, that you feel unworthy of god that you feel like it's not worth it coming back to god that you've you've hit rock bottom and that not even god can look at you anymore it is not true that's a lie of the devil amen god is willing to restore you god is willing and is constantly seeking you and is constantly trying to find an opportunity for him to creep in invite you into his presence and redeem you and restore you right that's exactly what happened to me. I just didn't know what was happening. So my wife comes into the picture, um, go to the gym, start building our relationship, start dating. And out of nowhere, she's like, 
I won't go to church. You, she wants to go to church? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, heck no. <laughs> I was like, heck no. You remember the promise she made? Yeah, I did, actually. And uh, I got to a point where I tried to convince her that it was not a good idea. What, and, what did uh, you say to her? What, how how did just, you try to convince her? I, I like kind of like rubbed it off and I was like, eh. Just like, not <laughs> like, I was like, eh, church. Why? Like, why do you want to go to church? We're fine. And um, we we start dating. You know, we start dating. And we go to church. And we go to Transformation Church when it was in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I meet pastor for the first day. And now I see a pastor that's approaching me and actually talking to me. And I'm looking at him like, you're not going to talk to the other people that are, you know. This was pastor? Member? Like, yeah, pastor, our pastor. Had you, but had you met him before? So, yeah, 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 yeah. So right. my, as a kid, we kind of like had our yeah. interaction as a kid when we were growing up. Um, actually, uh, I used to stay at your house after school when I went to Howard High School um, for, you know, to wait for my mom to pick me up. Uh-huh. Um, I used to go to your house. I used to uh, hang around there. I think you were too small. To yeah, I, was, I probably don't, I don't remember much yeah. too much. And, I, and I just remember going with your mom at like freaking six in the morning to drop you off. <laughs> yeah school. yeah exactly so and then i was yeah, not bus the, cut. yeah yeah i did and i was not the type to approach you and and talk to anybody i would actually uh-huh. uh, plus i was young so. yeah and i would be on the on the on the backyard and you had a chair that i would sit oh. or like a hammock that i would uh, i would uh lay on i think maybe i remember um so yeah man um so so, we, so yeah my 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 dad pastor you, you meet him for the first time as a pastor. Yeah. And he's talking to you and you're just kind of like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Like, well, who is this guy? Why is he talking to me? But I knew him. Like, I knew him. So I kind of like related to him because I've seen him. I had uh-huh. interactions with him in the past when he was an evangelist. My mom tells me, hey, he opened up the church. Why don't you go check it out since you're looking for a church? Because we went to my mom's church and we were like, heck no. <laughs> what we kind went- of church was it? So the same Pentecost? one that separated the boys and the girls. The That's same that, one? Yeah. The Pentecostal church? Yeah. Was it Pentecostal? Yeah. Bro, the yeah. preacher called me. He's like, looks like uh, the son of Sister uh, Veronica came back. Do you want to repent and accept Jesus? Yeah. Like, out the cut in the middle <laughs> yeah. of his sermon, Honestly, dude. And, wow. I'm, and I'm sitting there like, yep. what's going on? And he's like, I'm talking to you. Do you want to repent and, and accept Jesus? I'm like, no. He's like, are you sure? Repent, repent. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So they'll kind of shame you, like guilt you. Like, yeah. You don't know if tomorrow you're going to be alive. Yeah, exactly. And then you, just to convince you. Why do they do that? Why can't, can't you just wait till your preach is over, then approach them in private? Just, yeah. Just spare them from some shame. Nope. <laughs> no, there was no shame. Call them out. Why, why is it? It was more holy if you called them out in the middle of the crowd. And the, and the sad thing is that there's a lot of people. So, <laughs> more holy, huh? so I was not against church because of God. I was against church because I was hurt by the church. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Yep. They blame the church hurt they have right. on God instead yeah. of the people that did it. When if they just took the time to read what God has actually said, none of that's in there. Right. Yeah. That these people did. Right. Uh, but so, so you go from your mom's church and you check out transformation didn't church. like it yeah so i go to transformation church we go we actually both had the same idea like like yeah let's try and this even, church. even your yeah. wife was like no yeah exactly <laughs> so uh we start dating and we there and she looked at me and she's like this is a church i want to stay or uh your wife mm-hmm. and in the back of my head you know what i'm thinking i'm gonna find a way to co- what to get out to get out <laughs> and convince her that, that we're not going to church right. and i did 
You did? I did. I tried. Yeah, I tried. Oh, I you tried, tried it, but yeah. you didn't. You didn't. It didn't work. It. No. Okay. So, um, what were your tactics? Uh, staying in sin and like just telling her, hey, this is not for us. Like, let's let's go. Just going about my own. Like, uh-huh. nothing changed. It was right. Like, but then I started feeling conviction. Dang. And I, I, I've always, so I always prayed as a kid, like, and even in high school, even in my dirtiest moments, I always prayed to God. Like, that's, oh, that never left me. And I've always been, like, a kind of, like, a, I guess, spiritual kind of, like, person, like, that feels a lot of emotions during, like, worship or music or, or anything, you know? So um, I've always prayed. And I thought I had a connection, but in reality, I was not really. I was I was lost. Um, but God later revealed to me that He was watching me. That he was protecting me. That the fact that I took the decision not to date such and such, or not to take that decision, or not to take the the decision to go out with a friend, was Him working in my mind because I had already accepted Jesus. Um, and He revealed to me during a power prayer that Dang. that was Him leading me even though in my darkest moment when i thought that when i abandoned god he didn't abandon me mm-hmm. when i abandoned god he decided to continue guiding me right. in my darkest moment um and i looked at it and i'm like oh that's why so god will never tell you during the process why he's doing it he's gonna reveal to you afterwards so it makes sense yeah, i right. don't know why he does it that way but it, it's the way that he does it right. so you never understand and during the process yeah. but then when you get out of it you're like in retrospect yes. oh wow yeah right. but then that makes you fall more in love with god because mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened to me so then i start falling in love with god and I start seeking God and I, I start fasting. I start praying. I start crying my eyes out in the power prayers. Dang. Um, so I, just went, yeah, I, I, yeah, I start like <laughs> literally seeking God. And then my beautiful wife has the uh, great idea to be on a break. Dang. So you're feeling the spirit. You're like, ah, and then, yeah. then your wife to be is like, but let me establish something. So once we did, because uh, I did make the prayer to accept Jesus again. Mm-hmm. we decided to do things right. Mm-hmm. So we abstained it until marriage, which was extremely hard because uh-huh. you had already tried it. And it's like, you got to taste. Yeah. So it's like of staying, staying like out of it. It's like impossible, dude. Like mm-hmm. you do, I used to take cold showers, man. Like I used to take cold showers. I used to run out of the room. If we were alone and I felt like that heat coming through my like body and veins, I would, I would get up, bro, and, and run away. Uh, but part of it, too, was because we were devoted so much into God and to giving our hearts to God. When I was weak, she was strong. And when she was weak, I was strong. So it kind of like balanced itself. I don't know how that happened. It was like a supernatural thing, I would say, that every time that one of us wanted to give in, the other person was stronger. Right. So there was always that, like, no, we need to wait. Why? Because we're deciding to do this this right. We mm-hmm. we've been redeemed. We've been um, we've been uh, made new. We're a new creation. So we're gonna we're gonna do this right. So she decides to take a break. Um, we take a break. That devastates me. I mm-hmm. fall into depression, deep depression, Dang. like suicide kind of depression. Like nobody loves me. I'm gonna take my life away. Um, 
I start um, falling into depression. And depression is not fun. Um, well, it's not fun in general, but it's, it's, it's very tricky because the people who are depressed are sometimes the people that smile the most. Yep. Yeah. You never really see it. Mm-hmm. Most so, of the time, you never really see it. Nobody knew that I was depressed. Nobody. Literally nobody. Um, I would uh, actually grab a knife and say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take my life. I'm like, But the only thing that would keep me from doing that was the fact that I was told that if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. Um, but uh, I will be to a point where I would like, okay, I, I, I'm done. Like, I'm done with life. Like, yep. I am done with life like i don't not want to live like this because i was feeling pain like i was i was actually like feeling physical pain and emotional mm-hmm. pain like my heart was hurting so bad and i was like this girl that i dedicated everything to like completely of course now that i see it it's dumb but um but at the time it really mattered to me god later reveals to me that i was dependent on people more than him so he had to isolate mm-hmm. me from everybody yeah Put me against the wall so that he can show me who he is. Right. So that you can really be dependent on him. On him. Instead of your your girlfriend at the time. Right. So yeah. now I have a more stable relationship with my wife because my dependence is not off from my wife. I don't depend on my wife for my emotional and my, like, not all of it. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. Yeah, of course. My strength comes from the Lord. Right? Yeah, the only one. Because, you know, you can't put that on your spouse. Right. I can't put it on my wife because... My wife can't provide me a perfect piece. Right. That's just too much to ask of it's any human. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm playing. No, God is the only one who can provide that that firm that foundation that will never stop being firm. Right. Exactly. Every person is going to waver at some point. Every person is going to like, you know, nobody's perfect. Nobody right. can be your perfect like your your perfect strength or your perfect will, your perfect peace or joy because they're human. The same way you are. The same yes. way that I can't ask my wife. To just place all their hope in me because I'm going to fail at some point. Exactly. But God will never fail. Right. Yeah. So stop placing your hope on people. Stop placing your hope on friends. Stop placing your hopes in material things. Right. Because they will not satisfy you. Right. God is the only one that can fulfill what truly your heart desires. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not even because they... They don't want to. It's because they can't. We can't. They don't have the. Yeah. We don't have. It's we're just yeah. not possible. We're, we're traitors. Our we pastor, are liars. Our pastor always said. Uh, he said, "Love people." He's like, "Love people, but don't put your trust in them." <laughs> he said, "Love them. You can love them. We're supposed to love them, but don't put your trust in them. Put your trust in God. Yeah, he's the only one that's not going to fail you. But still love him." people wake up happy one day and then yeah. angry the other day yep. people are reliable responsible one day and they not responsible the other the uh, another day yep. so um for anybody that's there struggling with depression and suicide seek help um most of the time i think you need breakthrough and the medications that doctors are prescribing you is temporary because i'm not gonna lie i mean i didn't seek any professional help but the way the uh the the <laughs> The culture is uh, it's it's looking now. It's like everybody has a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Everybody so has a, uh, here. Have some the, pills. Everybody has yep. a mental illness. The solution have some pills. is the is the drugs, the pills. When in reality, you need to push through. Mm-hmm. There's something that you are craving for. There's something that you're missing, and that something is Jesus in your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
there, mm. there, there's nothing that will satisfy you except for the Lord. But my story, I guess, brings joy to me. So I thought I was living the best life, but now I, I figured out that I was missing the best life yeah. in mm. Christ. I come to Christ. I'm redeemed because I was depressed. So I take the decision, say, okay, God, if you're real, show up. And I started fasting for like three months, fam. Like fasting. And I used to be a welder back then. And like, like I don't know how I didn't pass out because of the heat, but I used to fast. Like no food. Not not this like Daniel fast. Not uh, like this. Yeah. It was no food fasting. Like it was like Gigi Avila style. pure fasting. Like, like how many Just days? water. Like almost every day, dude. And I like would, would eat, you you would eat at night or I would eat at night sometimes and I would eat in the afternoon yeah but it was fasting like yeah, it, every like day. almost yeah. every day no, almost almost yes I got really skinny <laughs> I, I think I've shown you picture where I'm like like really bro, like yeah. yeah like I was <laughs> really, <laughs> photos bro yeah I'm like, yo yeah. what the heck, yeah bro? yeah and and part of it was because I was fasting so I I decided to fast. Um, one because I, I have all of these issues that I'm like I'm I you know I feel like a wreck. Uh, struggling with corn corn was in my life it since i was a kid i picked up a dvd that you know it said a title of a movie from my <laughs> uncle and it wasn't a movie at the end of the the, the movie the something credits. played and i get exposed to corn so my whole life i've been experiencing you know corn and um how do you break a habit that has been engraved in you since childhood for years. For years. For years. Mm -hmm. Long time. Um, so I'm fighting suicide. I'm fighting corn. I'm fighting the fact that I made a huge mistake in high school. And I don't feel worthy of God's presence. I do not feel worthy of even being alive because of what I did in my past. So that's why I want to take my life. But then here comes God and encounters me in my room during that fasting and speaks to me. And, and he literally said, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's a voice that I've never heard in my entire life that manifested in that room. And then it put me down on the ground. It shook me. I couldn't get up. I was scared, but happy at the same time. I was crying, <laughs> smiling, but terrifying at the same time. Then I feel a hand that is heated moving around my back and it starts shaking me and dragging me on the floor literally dude Dang. yes Dang. Holy Spirit, so. <laughs> so but <laughs> fasting so fast so god can drag you <laughs> <laughs> literally fasting uh and um that's that's when i was like what is this what in the world is this i was confused i was like what did i just experience uh -huh. but then not only that, it's the fact that my sadness went away. The suicide thoughts went away. I didn't hear the voices that were telling me, kill yourself. I didn't hear them anymore. You had peace. I never heard them ever since. I haven't heard those voices. Um, then, um, you, you know, the, the cursing went away. The taste for the music went away. From day to night, fam, um, a lot of things went away. And uh, now I'm like, what is this? I feel happy i feel uh i feel filled i feel like light dude i felt like i was walking on clouds <laughs> like you think you think you were smoking a, a blunt you, you're on cloud night not wait until the holy spirit fills you up Amen. and like trenches you in his presence and then you like tell me what's up right. because there's nothing that i've ever experienced that can that can that can match that nothing there's no substance and and it was like 
so fulfilling, so uh, renewing to my soul, to my heart. Matter of fact, the day that I that I wake up from from all that experience, I couldn't sleep the whole night. To be honest, mm-hmm. I slept probably like two hours or three hours, just thinking about it, just trying to figure out what happened. Uh, I wake up, I step out of the door, and um, the world looks different. I'm seeing color a the different grass, way. Grass is I'm seeing color a different way. The sky is more blue. I'm feeling air a different way. No lie. Yes. The sky was more blue. Mm-hmm. The water. I'm starting to notice the small things. The birds, the water, mm-hmm. the, the air. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is God's creation. So that, then I'm being made aware of the creator because yeah. I've had an encounter. Yeah, you right. see the beauty of God's creation more clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's something we brush by a lot of times. Yeah, there's exactly. Trees. Yeah. Like you wake up and like not everybody can see. Uh-huh. Like there's some people who have the disabilities. Yeah, but you've been blessed to have sight, to, have to sight, be able to see, to hear, to, to, to taste mm-hmm. God's creation. Yeah, see the beauty. Uh-huh. So I experienced this drastic change, bro, and it's the most beautiful, greatest thing that I've ever experienced. I mean, it washed my sense away, it washed my shame away, it washed everything away. And when I feel like I, I felt redeemed, I've never felt like that. I felt like I could lift an elephant, bro. Like, no <laughs> lie, bro. <laughs> like, it was crazy. And then after that, I started having more experiences and more experiences and more experiences in my room alone, not in church. I, I was still going to church, committed to church. I was actually serving everywhere because I was, like, super happy. You, yeah. you would tell me, uh, hey, uh, you need to serve... Uh, uh, in front of the door then you need to run to do the uh uh offerings then you need to run to do the uh, ending and i'll tell you yes bro <laughs> i would say yes to anything bro why oh, because yeah. i was like in that you know stage where it's that like first love I, yeah. I don't know what to do with it you just want to do like, it you just want to do anything yep. so then uh, i serve, serve everywhere in church literally everywhere in sound everywhere everywhere ushering and i get called to be a youth leader uh, so then that's when I started serving even more with the with the youth, but I didn't know how to impart what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do that. It's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to. It's hard to not just teach, but also like teach passion, right? Yeah. It's hard to, yeah. It's hard yeah, to do how, how do you uh, how do you tell this new youth? I felt a hot hand that shook me. It changed my life because yeah. they're gonna look at you like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> like. I just get. To, I just got to church. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I I have a question in regards to that actually. So, you having all these experiences, did were you eager to share? Like, were you eager to tell people about it, or you were like reserved? I was shocked, and I didn't know what to do. Cause one, I'm feeling fire all over my 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 body, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is. I'm feeling fire when I go to sleep. I'm feeling fire when I when I when I wake up. I'm feeling fire 24/7, bro, and I feel it. Like I literally feel it inside of me. And I'm praying to God and and alcohol is no longer appealing to me. Weed is no, no longer women are, I forget about women. I, uh-huh. I was focused. I was like what is this? So I was trying to figure out what I was going through right. more than trying to share it. Um I was trying to figure out what is this? What does this mean? Um I was having encounters literally at 3 a.m. in the morning. The Holy Spirit would wake me up and I would literally be filled um, by the Holy Spirit. I I mean, I could tell you like those three months of fasting were crazy. Crazy. Right. Um, 
So you guys got the recipe. Fasting. Yeah, mm. fasting and prayer, man. That is what is going to bring breakthrough in your life. It's not going to be the preacher that comes from Nicaragua or from <laughs> Brazil that's going to lay hands on you. It's going to be fasting and mm -hmm. praying, being intimate with God, right. being intentional of what you do. Stop. There needs to be a point where you say enough is enough and you need to seek God for real. Right. right. And he will show up just right. as he did in my life. Right. And um, I had this crazy experience. The good thing is that my brother was a witness of this. Now I start dragging my brother into a church. Mm -hmm. um, and I can now say that me and my brother are serving in church. And now we have our other brother. Um, well, it's four of us. Too. He's also serving here okay. and there. And then yep. I have my sister as well that is also going to church now. So church, it's yeah. like, okay, like this, this impacted my whole family. And I dude, I would pray. I remember my sister would have um, nightmares. Uh -huh. I laid hands on her, bro, and I was like praying for her, and I rebuked uh, demons, and she started shaking really weird, and never again she had nightmares. Dang. She stopped seeing the black man, uh, the shadow of the black man. She said she would see a black shadow, and that would follow her, and she would wake up crying, dude, terrified. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one time I prayed for my dad for healing and he was healed and he was confused and uh <laughs> <laughs> Your dad was confused like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, he, something about his stomach or something. I prayed for him and uh, yeah. So I was there, but the funny story is that the Holy Spirit kept telling me, Go pray for your dad, go pray for your dad. And I was like, No. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Right. And it's like by the fourth time I was like, Okay, I'm getting up. Yeah, there's right. there's something about that. It's different when um he moves you to minister particular people but then when he goes to your own family like to me personally that has been a burden that i've carried like i can preach you know I could, I could preach to a crowd i could teach a crowd i could talk to people like about jesus i can i can pray for people in a crowd but if god were to tell me go to your sister or go to your dad or go to your biological mom that would hit home so hard just for the fact that they know me they know yeah. my trajectory. They know where I come from. So I, in a way, I've always had a fear, like, what, what's going to happen? And I know that one day there's going to be a day where, you know, he's going to move me to do it. But in the, in, like, as of right now, I pray for them, right? You know, of course. I, in my, I carry them in my prayers. But I always have that fear. What's going to happen the day that he says, lay hands? Hmm. I'll pray for them. <laughs> what's going to happen? Are you afraid of what their reaction is? Yeah, like, like yeah. they're going to be like, who are you, yo? Like, yeah, like I know what yeah. you've done. Like you know, I, I mean, know, the, I know the, the prophet stuff is done. not welcome in his own home. Yep. So it's like a lot of people are not gonna welcome you when when they're close to you and they right because they, they misjudge you right. Um. But um, yeah, man. So I start having these crazy experiences, and I am blown out of my mind. Like, mean, meanwhile, I don't even know where Jesus was born. Right. Nice. So you're you're fresh. But I'm having these experiences. Yep. You said Jerusalem. Yeah, I did say somebody <laughs> actually asked me and I said Jerusalem. So I have no basic knowledge about the gospel. Yep. Uh -huh. But I decided to believe in the gospel. I'm having these crazy experiences. It's wonderful, it's awesome. Um and yeah, I I ever since then I'm not able to deny God. So no matter no matter if aliens are proven to be real, no matter if uh, the government says, oh, we have unidentified objects, bodies, whatever, I don't care. I literally don't care. The Holy Spirit is more real. 
because <laughs> because yeah no yes. because i have had a real encounter yep. with god and nothing can shake yep. the foundation and the experience that i've had unfortunately i mean i can't tell you you know that my experience is gonna shake you or or, or make you believe but i'm not the only one yeah there's evidence of multiple evidence of people again and again and again and again and again having experiences with this god yes the god of the mm-hmm. bible yeah and there's evidence there man it's not even just experiences there's archaeological evidence exactly yep. the bible don't lie but that god is there there's yeah, proof real. there there's is proof. uh there is non-biblical proof that proof that jesus did live and he, he did die mm-hmm. there is unbiblical proof and like outside of the books that you know romance book that that speak about the life of the church mm-hmm. so it's like okay at one point two and two have to come together fam god is real Mm-hmm. The enemy is real too, because now we see it in the tr- in the, in the, in the culture where we are, you know, experiencing videos mm-hmm. that are doing rituals. Now yep. we're seeing that um, the culture is dragging this whole agenda. And where I'm getting at this is why I'm, I'm I'm emphasizing this is because a lot of the culture that we live in right now tries to make people a victim. Yep. So they try. You are a victim. Oh, I have mental illness. Oh, mm-hmm. I suffer from depression. Oh, right. um, it was the town that I grew up in. It was the school that I grew up in. It was because right. I grew up in Baltimore. It right. was because uh, I, I don't have the same resources that the white person does or that right. the Asian person does. I don't have, fam, that is all unnecessary. If you want to grow in life and if you want to strive forward and if you want to push for a better life, you can do it. And why I'm saying that? And why I'm telling you that is because I'm a living proof that the system, yeah, the, the, the system is just an excuse. Mm-hmm. If you keep saying like, oh, it's the system, stop. <laughs> Take responsibility. It right. is you that is lazy, that don't doesn't want to apply for jobs. Right. It is you that uh, are, are comfortable in your right. current state. It is you that are unable to see the future. Right. It is you that is it's probably still addicted to certain things that are not allowing you to see your future. Yeah. So guess what? You're going to stay in your circumstance. Stop blaming the environment. Stop blaming the the, 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 the culture. Stop blaming the government. Stop blaming. Get up and do something about right. it. Mm-hmm. Other people... Other people want to start at the top and they don't want to start at the bottom they don't want to start my boy started at mcdonald's <laughs> and he started landscaping and then i mean i mean through time you know god brought him up you know he didn't he didn't know it was god but now he knows that it was god bringing him up it was god and now he's blessed yeah. but a lot of people they want to start up here yo yeah it's because a lot of people some people do and you may you might see that around you might think it's not fair uh-huh but but i mean that's that's they're, they're blessed Right. I mean, why why do you guys gotta hate on somebody? Right. Yeah. I mean, the chances of you becoming a millionaire from day to night is yeah. high. Like right. everybody has to work at right. to some extent, and if they that person you see didn't have to work, their parents had to work. Right. Somebody here had to work hard. Right. Somebody, you guys got to start somewhere. You right. Know? Yeah. You got to put yeah. in the work, yo. If you got to take the bus, take the bus. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Don't be ashamed. Right. I used, to, I used to take the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used if you to walk. Dude. If you got to take the metro, take the metro, my guy. If you got, if your first car has to be that '99 Accord, then let it do be it, that '99 Accord. <laughs> stop. Stop buying Jordans, yo. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stop wasting your stop checks. Stop buying uh, so much jewelry. Right. Yeah, that's what you told me. Yeah. You said you used to blow your McDonald's yeah. checks on shoes. On, on Jordans, yeah. yeah. But I had to come up to a, a realization that, man, I want to become better in life. Yep. I, uh-huh. I want to. Have have a family i want to have a home i i want to look one of the things that i'm proud to say is that i've never i've never struggled like i did in high school mm-hmm. never like 
I took my family. I got married. We strive. We worked. We got a home. Right. We got a stable job. We got a stable family. We got daughters, beautiful daughters. Uh, I have a beautiful relationship with my wife because I decided to preserve what God was telling me, even in the physical part. Um, I have built something beautiful that I enjoy waking up to every single day. Right. How many of, of how many people can say I enjoy waking up? Yeah. Some people are tired of waking up. Yeah. Yep. So you need to wake up and come to a realization that you need to stop blaming other people. Take responsibility. Be real with yourself. Right. If you're lazy, you're lazy and you need to change that. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. there is, there's lazy people in church that be like, oh, God will provide, but they don't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of people, they're like that. And then they get mad at God when, right. they, when there's nothing. But God never, the Bible doesn't promise us or, that. Or when God, start, God starts blessing other people, but because mm-hmm. they're working hard. Yeah, they're working yep. hard. You got to yep. work hard, man. Yep. You got to, you, you can't just like, right. Just like my guy, you don't serve, you. you don't pray, you don't fast. You go to church and you sit down and you complain about your life that God is blessing others and not blessing you. Mm-hmm. And then when God opens the door so that you can get blessed, you're like, nah, that's not for me. Mm. <laughs> like, like, come or on. The job but then you criticize the brother that has been struggling for months, but he stays serving, he stays tithing, you know, he stays praying, stays faithful to God. And here comes out of nowhere and God blesses him with a check that's going to help him and his family and it's going to help him in that financial situation. But you get mad at that, but you don't put the effort when God opens the door. It's like mm-hmm. spiritually or physically. Jesus makes the path, but my God, Jesus is not going to walk you. You got to walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I heard a saying saying that um, not too long ago in a video that uh, God can do nothing with somebody that's sitting down. Right. If you're sitting down, you're just sitting down. Yep. You got to be able to move. Right. And I've seen God's provision in a, in, a, in a crazy way, dude. We paid for our wedding. We are. We, I don't even know where the money came from, to be honest. And God provided for our wedding, paid in full. We had a beautiful wedding. Um, we got jobs that I don't know how I got them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a, a banker at a, 18 years old. I was the youngest banker probably in Wells Fargo when I got that job. God's favor. Um, I was literally a kid, and I was a personal banker telling you what to do with your money. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, um, so God's grace, God's grace, literally God's uh-huh. grace. I go from there. I, I kind of hit a road bump where I, I try something new. It didn't work out. Then God takes me to a, a job that pays me twice as much as I was earning. And then I end up working at home. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if that, if God's God is so good, man. God's grace, God's provision is so good that when you decide to believe in God, leave your fears away. Mm-hmm. This is a journey. This is a romance. You don't know what to expect, and that's the beauty of it because God tends to surprise you more than you think. Yep. And it's like, wow. Like, how did how did I get here? How did this happen? And then you start seeing miracles after miracles after the hand of God providing here, the hand of God opening this door, the hand of God, you know, opening that door. Do I? I mean, I could say I live comfortable. I mean, I can't complain. But at the same time, I'm not satisfied. I know that if God was able to bless me in that way, I know that there's more. Yeah. Right. So right. you you cannot allow the blessing to become a curse because it, it, comfortability can be a curse. Yeah. Right. Don't get comfortable. Yeah, no. Don't don't be uh 
Like they like they say, no te conformes con lo que tienes because there's a lot more to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're not, we don't mean it in, in a greedy way, in a right. prideful way. It just it's means like, that man, God, we God are has the children more. of God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, we are the children of God. We need to start acting like it. Yeah. Yeah. We need yeah. to start moving like it. That's we true. need to start pushing. We need to start pushing and, and seeking, you know, right. so that we can have an influence of in in this community, in this, right. in this country. Because we are highly favored and God will open up the door. And the right. enemy has been defeated. So you right. need to get up and start hustling, start moving, start, start pushing. Right. Uh, there's yep. no excuse. If I did it, you can do it. Right, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. And I want to touch on one thing real quick you said earlier before we start to close or go into current events or whatever. You said that um, when you were, it was when you, I guess around when you started graduating high school and you said you started to feel conviction. Like when, I think when you started going back to, uh, around when you started going back to church, right? Yeah. You started feeling conviction and it was kind of out of, like, out of nowhere, really. Yeah. I think that's very interesting, kind of crazy because... Even though maybe you tried to abandon church and give uh-huh. up on it, I think there was a seed planted in you exactly. that allowed you to feel that conviction yeah. that maybe, I mean, you tell me, maybe it came from your family, what they did, the little that they did teach you, even though it was just a little bit, yeah. it was enough to plant that seed yeah. that eventually down the line, it, it, it grew it a little bit and it, yep. and it, and it pushed you. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, it convicted you and it, and it ended up to where, it led you to where you are now in a sense, exactly. right? Yeah. So parents are like, you have a very influential role in your kids' lives. If you got a rebel kid and, and, and they're not on the ways of the Lord, the smallest seed will yeah. will make will do miracles. Right. That, that is true. Yeah, I think my mother's prayer and my dad's prayer play a big role. I also had the, the close friend's mom that uh, also, you know, used to pray for us and take us to church. But, yeah, my mom's prayer... Um, I think I think they can because she she does pray for us even mm-hmm. to this day she prays for us. No, yeah, it's super impactful. Um, I, I see it in almost everybody's testimony. They had some. My dad's testimony when he was rebelling, his mom would always pray for him, tell him you're going to be a pastor one day. She died before he ever became a pastor. Yeah, he he was an orphan in juvenile. Yeah, before when she died, <laughs> pray prayer shouldn't be a backup. It should be your first weapon. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you have right. a kid, lead by example. Number one, lead by example. Because number now I'm in a position where I'm a youth pastor and I'm able to tell parents I'm like okay wait you want your kids to church but you want your kids to come to church but you're only coming once a, a month mm-hmm. so how do you want your kid to come to church and re- develop a, a relationship with God when they don't even see that in you right mm-hmm. you need to wake up first and then lead your family how you're supposed to be leading it right. I cannot do that for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I do not live <laughs> in your house. I do not. I do not drop off your kid. Yeah. I do not feed your kid. Nope. You Youth pastor's to, not their dad. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not their dad. I'm not. You know, I'm not their. So it's like you need to wake up to these things. Pray and be an example. Yeah. Because they need you. Right. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. That seed was planted in that's me, and eventually it flourished. Yeah. That's even if point. it's just a little bit, even a seed if, yeah. is a seed. Yeah. Like, you know? and even in my life, like Proverbs twenty two six, guys. Proverbs twenty two six, people, man. You got to do it, man. You got it. Like, even in my life, like, that's probably one of the biggest things that kept me on the path You got to teach your kids. I mean, I didn't stray too far off it, but, like, I think my parents were just so influential in my life, man. They stuck with you. They stuck with me. They are. No. And, I mean, now I see it because I have two daughters. And I was like, okay, like, I need to stand up for all of these things and all of these uh, good things that the Bible stands for. 
um, and that Christians should, should talk about. So this is what we are going to be doing in this podcast, actually. Yep. So we, we're not doing this because of money. We're not doing this because we want to be famous or mm -hmm. because we want to gain popularity. We want to do this because we want to bless your life because we believe that God has been good to us. And we don't only believe it. We know it. Right. God has been so good to us that we want to share this. Right. We want to share uh -huh. our, our, you know, the point of view that, that we have. We want to share uh, scripture. We want to share our lives with you. So don't hesitate on hitting that subscribe button yeah. <laughs> and that follow button. Yeah. Uh, and yes. hit that notification so that you can be uh, aware when we do drop something new. Right. And, um, Yeah, this this has been a short, you know, version of my testimony. I have a lot of things to talk about, but time it's not gonna. In reality, I don't think time is gonna give it give us time to talk about everything. Mm -hmm. yep. But I uh, I cover you know the main points of my life, the highlights right. of my point of, of my life. But now I can say that God is man good. I'm Amen. living the best life that I have. That I, I you're missing out, <laughs> literally. Yep. Any it's, any any uh, last words to the right. to the viewers stop you want to say directly? Being, stop being a victim, man. Stop listening to so many trash that gives you an excuse to act out the way you're acting. You need to wake up. The time to grind. The time to put in work. The time to speak up for the right things is now. And the time to believe and take God serious is now because I strongly believe that God is moving in such a powerful way. Nowadays, we've been seeing it in church. We've been seeing it in our youth uh, um, reunions where, you know, the Holy Spirit just comes out of nowhere, surprises us, starts yep. moving. Yep. Uh, we've seen deliverance. We're seeing people being filled. We've seen people being touched. So it's like it's, it's, it's now. It's now or never. Time is something that you never get back. Yep. You can get back material things. You can get back your car. You can get back a house if you lose it. Time, you will never, ever, ever get mm -hmm. it back. It's so valuable spend your time wisely. And I would encourage you to seek God with a true heart because he's good. He has good motivations. And if you seek him, everything else will be added. That Amen. is a promise. So, and if you're younging out there, if you are in your teen, uh, young adult, man, get your life straight. Start believing in God. Start reading. Maybe start reading Proverbs. I don't know. Yeah. yeah start with good. Proverbs. Matthew. Like said, seek first the yeah. kingdom of God and all these things will be yeah. to you. Right. But um, start seeking wisdom. And, and the Bible has a lot of wisdom about yes. debt, about relationship, about marriage, about a lot of things. God is good and he's going to prosper you. And he's going to not only prosper you, but that comes automatically, to be honest. But right. he's going to bless you in a way that your whole life is going to change. Mm -hmm. Just reading right. his teachings, it just changes your whole perspective. It, and it may not feel like anything when you're doing it. Because sometimes it doesn't. Yep. Sometimes you pick up the Bible, you, you read just it, read you don't it. understand yeah. it. Huh? But then a week later, it's like, oh man, I remember this now. Oh, it yep. makes sense now. Oh, the Holy Spirit is working right. constantly. It's like, it's like right. Matthew 1 versus Matthew 5. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matthew 1. Jesus is dead. And then Matthew 5 is like the beatitudes and all that. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So, yeah. So, I encourage you to seek God. I encourage you to not be fooled by the culture and by the ideas of men and what it has it's it's going on right right now so many conspiracies so many things to talk about so many people doing shenanigans so many people speaking out 
we need to go back to the Bible. We need to go back to God. We need to go back to the foundations that we know are right. Amen. One nation under God, right? Supposedly. Right. So mm-hmm. we're under God. We need quote, to go back quote, to quote. God. Yeah. You guys but, heard it, but we got to go to God. Jerry so, told y'all. Amen. God bless you guys. Um, what can I say about my life today? Uh, I, I, we're still pushing. I'm a youth pastor. We've been at it for many years. Yes. Been married for six years with a beautiful wife. Um, my wife is gorgeous. I'm I'm in love with her. <laughs> um, and uh, we bit we we have you know overcome every single statistics that that is out there about you know immigrant kids and the region that you go, you grew up in and all of that. So there's no excuse. I have two beautiful daughters that I'm seeing growing up and it's a it's a beautiful experience. So I'm grateful for what God has been doing in my life. And I'm grateful for what he's going to do. Continue doing. There's our best days are ahead. Amen. Amen. Our best days Amen. are ahead, fam. You guys so, heard it here. Yeah. Jerry told you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bless you guys. A warm hug. Uh, so God bless you guys. Please. The best way you can support this is by sharing, by subscribing, liking. by liking. Leave a and, comment. Um, leave a comment. You yeah, got a Patreon us, now. Yeah. So um, we're going to continue doing this. Um, somebody's going to watch it. So Amen. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. God bless. If it blesses one person, it's enough. Yeah. See you guys in the next one. Bless. Thank you, Peace. guys.